Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. The game hotline. 706-0111, We have lots of interviews today, so if you would like to get in, the first segment of each hour is a good time to do it, as well as the third segment of the second hour. Other than that, uh, you know, it was a crazy day yesterday. Got to uh, all of a sudden, you know, dealing with some UL football stories and commitments and stuff, and then... All of a sudden, uh, you know, it wasn't a surprise at all because I had heard that it was happening. Uh, Church Point head football coach John Craig Arsenault announced that he was resigning, but I didn't know it was going to be yesterday that the news was going to come out. I, I expected it to maybe be closer to next week, but that wasn't a surprise, but then it happened. And then while dealing with that, we get news that was more surprising that Trevor Falk resigned as the Lafayette Christian head coach. So it's um it is interesting. Uh in the second hour we will talk to Coach Arsenault and in time try to get uh Trev on as well. And um, you know, it's it's it was a crazy day in the world of high school football. Let's just put it this way, that way in the Cadiana area. Um, when I went to bed last night, I did not know yet. Got up this morning to the news that Carlos Correa has signed a 13-year, $360 million contract with the San Francisco Giants. Um, I, um, I was, you know, I'm fine with it. Again, I've always liked Carlos Correa. The Astros picked him number one overall when he was, what, 18 or 19 years old. He was very young, and he played a huge role in in the development of the Astros into what they've been the last six years. And I've always thought he had a little class about him. You know, uh, you know, he decided to move on, and and he went and got Boris as his agent, and you know, it's all part of the business side of the game. Um, I, you know, my, I always said it, you know, as long as he doesn't sign with the Punks or the Yankees, I'm good with it. And he didn't, and he did even better. He went to the National League. For the you know for his long term deal with the Giants and he can go ahead and tr- hopefully he tortures the punks for the next decade. I mean it just is what it is and uh, I um, I'm I'm good with it and you know he won't play the Astros very often at all. As far as how good of a deal it is, I mean obviously he's got a lot of security for a long time. I think he's going to be like 41 when his con- I heard when his contract runs out. Is he going to be that good of a player for that long? I doubt it. Um, you know, 
obviously that sounds like unbelievable money, and it is, but it's $27 million a year. I mean, you know, Judge is making $40 million a year, and he plays a, be- a more important, you know, I would think that seven years from now, Carlos Correa probably has a much better chance of being still a really functional player at a prime position, defensive position, than Aaron Judge does. But again, time will tell on all that. So it's um, I, I'm I'm good with what what he did. I get to like him for the rest of his career, other than when he plays against Astros. Hopefully, he goes over four every game. But but I I get to like a player that I've always kind of liked. So I'm good with it. I'm glad. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Um, I was listening to a, a local show uh, this morning. And um, a caller called in, and he mentioned the quarterback for LCA. Uh, I don't know too many high school player names. Johnson, that's his last name? Yes. Yes, sir. Jawan Johnson. Now, according to the caller, like I said, I didn't say this, the caller. The caller said that he played concussed, that he had a concussion. He went out there and played. He was kind of woozy. You know, he played the game. He completed the game with a concussion. Which game? Now, like I said. The game, the previous, the game against St. Thomas More. The only player, I, I, I don't, I don't know about that. To the caller, right? The only player that I there, there was a safety, uh, I believe his last name is Derwin. That I was wondering if he got a, he, he was, I saw him a little woozy early in the game. He played safety for LCA, and I was a little surprised he came back in the game. I did not. I'm not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying I didn't get that impression watching the game. On Jawan, but I did on the safety. Now, if that's the case, you think that could be a reason he resigned, or he just has no, you know, maybe a higher level. Like I said, Trap, Trap, I've been knowing Trap for over twenty years. So I, you know, he's a good character, good man. Um, so you think it's just like he's going yeah. to the Legion range? I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to be coaching next year. No. Again, I haven't talked to Trev, so everything I've gotten is secondhand at best. But it's my understanding he's not going to be coaching next year. Is what I've been told. Is there a reason for it? Like, like, I don't know. This man is successful everywhere he goes, in a sense. Now, the situation at Northside, and yeah, I'm going to talk about it. The situation at Northside, that parent, that grandparent, hey, man, (laughs) that woman is known for just doing shady stuff. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, That's the past, anyway. But. Yeah, Trav's uh, he's successful where he goes, man. You know, um, I think yeah. Trev's mission in life is not to be a football coach. It's to help society yeah. and kids in his area as much as he possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he him at Northside was vital, a vital asset. But like I said, you have people that do anything to sue, try to get uh, rich real quick. You know, think they have a lawsuit on their hands. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll, I'm sure in time we'll, we'll get fill in some of the details. Again, I haven't spoken to Trev since yesterday. Last time I spoke to Trev was Friday. And so after the game. And so I don't – I'm just going by what I've heard. And um, I don't have any details. I don't know that a whole lot of people do. But – but it's my understanding that he's not he's not doing this to go be the coach somewhere else or to go to LSU, to my understanding, any of that. Um, 
but again, we'll we'll find out more as it go, as it, as time goes on. You know, that's that's a big hire. Um, yeah. As far as Jawan Johnson, you know, I, I we he interviewed uh, in the post game interview, and and he didn't show any signs of a, he spoke more and you know as well or better than anyone who spoke there. So I I didn't have that impression watching the game, um, you know. So it is, you know, they just LCA just moved up to four A. They finished third in the district and then ended up getting to the finals and was just one play away from winning the state championship. Literally one play away. Um, and so it's a huge hire, no question. Uh, you know, who, who they're going to f- hire, I, I don't know. Um, as far as Church Point, we'll be talking with Coach Arsenal in the next hour. hour. Um, and you can make a pretty good guess that former Lafayette High Head football coach Rob Poole has been the defensive coordinator there in recent years. Under coach Arsenault will be the head coach. But, again, that's just speculation. I mean, they, they haven't, you know, they I'm sure they're going to go through the normal protocols and uh, that you have to do through in school board systems and and, 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 and and make a decision. But that one I could, you know, make a pretty good guess that that's who it's going to be, but I, I don't. I don't even I don't know that I have a pretty good guess uh, on on LCA. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um, it is a it is a weird day because there's no school today. That was announced yesterday afternoon, and we've got heard all these signs of really bad weather and tornadoes destroying some cities in in North Louisiana, and now we've got tornado watches here in the Cadiana area, Saint Landry Parish and Evangeline Parish. So. Kind of a weird feeling about today, and we'll see. Hopefully, things go well and everyone can stay safe. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, Footsie. Howdy, sir. Footsie, I I believe like you know, Trev Fall maybe's leaving to go and you know do something else. Not like you know, not like he left mad or he got forced out. This, that, the other. No, I don't believe any but, of that. No. But. From the leather I read from John Craig Arsenal, which I think the man is an excellent, excellent coach. I mean, let, let me just be on the record. I think maybe social media or gossip or something, uh, you know, I think that man maybe just decided, hey, you know, I, I don't appreciate being blasted on social media. I'm just going to go do my thing. Now, I can tell you what. They got like some some little towns around here that better feel their head because that man there was a good coach, Quincy. Yes, sir. And they had a lot of success. And, you know, I mean, he was the head coach for 16 years. He took them to the semifinals for the first time ever. They won multiple right. district championships. They, they had a 31-game regular season winning streak in this year. So, yeah, it is um, – yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't know all that goes on behind the scenes, but it was obvious that there was some frustration there, and we'll be talking with Coach Arsenault in the next hour. Did you read the letter the man wrote? I did, yes, sir. Okay, so it, it plainly said something about social media. Yes. And, and I, I did see that he, he did say he thanked you and a man I believe named Quibido at the Crowley Post Signal. 
Right. Is that correct? Yes. And the man at Channel 3, I don't know the man's name, but he did thank him also. Yes. So, I mean, but I, I thought that was uh, – I thought that was very nice of Coach Arsenal to do that. And like I said, I don't know – you know, like you said, okay, he brought them to the uh, state semifinals for the first time ever. They were always competitive in this unfair thing that the LHSA pulled off this year that he was a 3A team having to fight 4A teams, which was – which, you know, maybe ruined his chance to go, you know, a little bit deep in the playoffs so, like I said, you know, some of these small towns need to fill their head because they, I mean, you know, they're, they're not, it, it's not like people are running there to fill these positions. I mean, hey, and like Calico Baton Rouge, the coach of Calico Baton Rouge left for Central. I mean, come on now. Really and seriously? The coach of Calico Baton Rouge leaves for Central? I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know. That that did surprise many people. Yes, sir. Well, all right, Footsie. Well, I, like I said, people better feel their head because, I mean, some of this stuff is, is out of hand. But, I mean, I thought that was very nice to Coach Austin to uh, recognize you like that. I mean, recognize three people and you were one of them. And like I said, we've lost. That's two very, very good coaches that this area has uh, absolutely, I mean, Absolutely. And, the you know, when, uh, you know, eventually Coach Hightower won't be around and eventually Coach Cook won't be around. And, and the coaching profession is, is a lot of people are, are concerned about where it's going to be 15 and 20 years from now. It's getting tougher and tougher, a lot more obstacles and things. And so it'll be interesting. Hopefully a new crop of young coaches can come up and fill those shoes. I appreciate it, sir. All right, Putsy. Take care. All right. We shouldn't do this, but we'll go ahead and take one more and then we got to get to Coach Russ. Hello. Good. How you doing, sir? Good, sir. Hey, it's Craig from Iberia. Uh, I didn't mean to rile you up too, too bad last week when I called you about V-CIN talking about Baker Mayfield to the Saints. But, uh, you know, I like to bug the system a little bit. No, I understand. Uh, what, what are your thoughts and how much stock do you put on some kind of rumor that I saw online the other day about Casper the Quitter teaming up with Tom Brady to come back to New Orleans? I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen, uh, man. I don't even know. That would just be. Uh, it's so. I mean, is it realistic? Yeah, it's realistic. I mean, it's. Could they fire Dennis Allen? Theoretically, they could. Uh, there's been a lot of talk and smoke and fire situations with Casper to Quitter and Tom Brady, and um, you know, I could see that happening, but I'm not saying it's impossible. But I really don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, I. I you know, the Saints. Uh, organization is very much in in transition right now so i i, I don't know what's gonna happen um i you know i don't and I, I don't think tom brady i think tom brady sees talented receivers here and thinks maybe something can happen and so i guess it wouldn't shock me but man that's just my mind is already blown with this season that would really blow my mind but well, we cannot uh, in a right in our right mind be pulling for the pleasure cruise tour to come to New Orleans. I mean, as, you know, great. you know, I'm a, a diehard Steeler fan. I know you don't really care for them that much, but I love the Saints. That's my second team. Uh, and as a Steeler fan, I cannot stand Tom Brady. Oh, uh, I understand. Have, never will. Can't Look. stand the Patriots or or the Cowboys. And you know, Tom Brady. That, that would just be 
the icing on the cake in a negative way. Uh, no, the I, pleasure cruise to come to New Orleans. I, I understand. And look, I've, I've never rooted for the Steelers. I don't like the Steelers, but I've always respected the Steelers. And I've never hated the Steelers. I just... It just, you know, they were a dynasty when I was a kid. I'm not a root for the dynasty guy unless it's my team, of course. But anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, I was born in 74, and that was my brother's team. And I had the Terry Bradshaw jersey with the fake, uh, you know, jersey with the fake helmet and playing tackle the man. So I just, you know, I grew up liking him because no, he was a Louisiana guy. And just I always it. pulled for the Steelers. I liked the colors when I was four years old, you know. I that get kind it. kind of thing. Yes, sir. But, uh. Yeah, I just wanted to see what kind of stock you put into that. And uh, I just had to buck your head just a little bit. Un- I understand. Thank you very much for the call, sir. Thank you. All right. For, all right have a good one. Bye-bye. We'll take a time out, come back, talk uh, high school basketball with a Southside high, high head coach, Todd Russ, next. Stay tuned. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Man, yesterday I was listening and every time I heard a Christmas song, it was Rudolph. I'm like, look, I don't hate Rudolph, but let's just... I'm on Rudolph all the last 24 hours. Anyway, did you have you ever seen the Rudolph show? Yeah, okay. The Island of Misfit Shaws. Welcome back to the game. Want to remind you, uh, the McNeese Coaches Show tonight from 6 to 7 at Maplewood Burgers. Brought to you by Line of Bed out of Westlake, Southwest. Louisiana Law Center, our friend Jim Gazzolo will be talking McNeese State men's basketball with the coach John Aiken. Also, will be interviewing me about some memories of former UL McNeese basketball games. So the McNeese Coaches Show, you can hear it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station tonight from 6 to 7. All right, we have with us Southside High head basketball coach Todd Russ. How are you, sir? I'm great yourself. Morning to you. Good morning. morning. I I know you're really busy with a tournament about to start, but uh, let me find out one thing. Have you survived the Saints season better than I have? Man, I'll tell you what, Kevin. I just did pretty much just. Oh, I gave up on it. I'm just, I'm just trying to weather the storm yeah, right now. Let's I agree. This I agree. I, I, I agree. Now, I'm sure you heard, and you know, you're a coach who's made some big decisions in recent years in your career to leave, and then now you were back, and I'm sure you heard the news. Church Point's head football coach, who's been highly successful, um, uh, is resigning. Coach Trev Falk resigned yesterday as the football coach at. At Lafayette Christian, how worried you, just as a lifelong coach and educator, are you about the 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 complications with the coaching profession and where we're going to be ten years from now and fifteen years from now? I tell you what, man, I've I've been doing it um, better part of twenty three years, and it's definitely changing. Um, the landscape is changing for us, the kids. Um, parents are, are way more involved than they've ever been. Um, expectations are, are unreasonable. Um, it, it's 
to say things don't uh, is always going to stay the same. You're setting yourself up for failure. You have to evolve. You have to roll with the punches to a certain degree. Um, but I, I feel that in today's climate, athletics doesn't play nearly the role that it once did. Um, from a from a standpoint of of uh, nurturing, um, teaching, uh, inspiring, motivating, um, a level of commitment. There's no commitment to it, uh, not as much. Um, and, and this may come across as me uh, bashing parents, uh, but I think the parental expectations for their individual child uh, has made it difficult for coaches in that the coaches coaching the team and trying to get the entire group successful in in today's climate. It's a, it's a me, me, me. Social media has made it to where you can lose by 30 and the kid is still post highlights um, of the game. Um, the, right. the, the end result doesn't matter as much. Um, so I think that I don't know what those guys' frustrations are. I can't speak for them. Uh, very successful coaches who are stepping away, uh, as some would say, at the top of their game. That should raise red flags. Why Why is a trail fault stepping away? We don't know. Why is the coach from St. From church point, stepping away after a very successful year. We don't know what's personal going on in their lives, but just from an overall coaching perspective, it's a it's a lot more we have to deal with in today's climate than when I entered when I first started coaching. All right, so tell us about the transition. Uh, you're back in the Cadiana area, and we love that. After spending a little time in Zachary and. Tell me about the transition when your 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 season so far. I know y'all played some really tough games, had some really good wins, but tell tell us about the transition. Well, it, it's been great, man. I, I tell you what, I, I walked into a, a, a phenomenal situation where a winning culture was already established. Uh, Brad Boyd had established that already. The kids bought into it, uh, and they're hungry for they're, they're hungry for success. Um, we've uh, we're four and three on the year. We have we're yet to play a game with the entire roster. Um, um, we miss uh, we missed some games due to football. Very successful season by Coach Frontenac and his staff and his team and his program. Um, then we get those guys back, and then we have some nagging injuries that have kept some guys out for a few games. Uh, nothing major, uh, a groin pull, uh, a hip flexor, uh, things of that nature. Uh, we have one that's out with the flu and flu bug is going around, but uh, all in all, I think we've uh, we fared pretty well. Um, dropped some close ones. Carol beat us at the buzzer. Uh, literally, kid hit a shot from uh, had to be about 26, 27 feet with a hand in his face. Um, went down and lost to a very talented, well coached Patterson team. Um, was missing two starters for that game. And lost to South Lafouche down in the Thibodeau tournament. Um, and we were out four starters during that time. So uh, it's, it's, I think once we get everybody together, uh, Kevin, I, I, Kevin, I think we're going to have a, a chance to be pretty successful. All right, so I know you got a tournament going on, um, you know, and and some pretty good teams. You just mentioned, I think, one or two of them. So tell us about the field and what 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 what, how, what are you excited about this tournament? Well, 
um, it's a good tournament. We, I, I did it when I was at uh, New Iberia and last year at Zachary. So this year brought it with me to Southside, and um, we're gonna have some really good matchups. It's been a you know some of these teams have played others that's in the tournament. Man, it's, it's gonna be exciting tomorrow. Um, we got three days starting off tomorrow. Uh, first game is gonna be at three thirty. Um, that's gonna be Patterson and St. Martinville. Uh, I was told uh, Harvey Broussard for St. Martinville that the Memphis commit is, is now on the basketball court, uh, suited up last night against Northside. So that's going to make for an exciting game. Uh, following that one, we're going to have Zachary, two-time 5A state champion. They're going to uh, take on um, Abbeville High School, hard-playing group under the new head coach, uh, Trevor Eaton. Um, and then you're going to have uh, uh, Brobridge and Northside. Um, both of those guys are off to a good start, two solid 4A programs. You said 4A, I think it's Division Two now. Um, and we had a team drop out, so we, we're bringing in a new school, Blackhead Charter Renaissance, that's going to take, that we're going to play the first night. So um, I, I think each night is going to be some very competitive games, man. I don't, you know, it's no clear cut favorite. Um, we're going to have a tough road to get to the finals, which I like. I didn't stack one side against the other. Um, I think every night you can you can look at having, you know, uh, within four to five points, um, someone having a chance at winning. So have you had you had a chance? Or, I mean, you've been in this district for years, so I'm I'm sure a lot of the programs are the same. How, how do you kind of see the district, or is it a little too early being away from it for a year? Man, I, I tell you what, no, um, man, this is going to be very competitive. It, it, the thing is, this was young last year. That's the thing. It was very very young last year. Um, of the five. Get this now. Of the five first team all district players, only one is not back in the district, and that's Bryson Colbert, who transferred to Hamilton Christian from Southside. I got you. Every first team all district player is back in the district this year. Bob returned their the entire starting five. Um, New Iberia, who I feel is the favorite returns um, three starters from last year's team. Um, there are two all-district guys from last year's team. They're starting point guard from last year's team, and their first man off the bench. Um, Lafayette High, who took a beating in the district last year, returns everyone. They've been playing lights out, if I'm not mistaken. They're 8-2 right now. Como High School is off to a great start, had a huge 20-point win over Natchitoches Central. Um, Sam Houston, Kevin Sam Houston, I, the, the Sam Houston that I saw two years ago and the Sam Houston team that I saw play against Northside last week is two totally different teams. Coach Rob Akert has those kids playing really hard. And um, the, the district is, is well coached. There's a lot of talent in the district. Um you know, Karen Trove back in the district. Coach Kovach is, is, you know, one of the you know better coaches in the area. He's back in the district. So that's a it's a nineteen district that's gonna be very, very, very competitive, man. And um, you know, I think we're gonna be right in the mix. Um, but it's gonna be 
it's going to be tough for somebody to go undefeated in the district um, this, this time around, I do believe. Yeah, I wouldn't think that would happen. All right, Coach, well, I just wanted to catch up with you a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your tournament and find out how the transition's going. It sounds like everything's moving forward. We appreciate your time, and good luck to you. Real quick, if I can say one thing, you know, uh, Zachary's coming to town for the tournament, and those people who may be wondering about Brandon Hardy, the UL commit, you got a chance to see him. He'll be at, at Southside High School for three nights. All so right. Come out and check out the tournament. That sounds great. A little, uh, little lanyop there, as we would say that down there you here. Go. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Anytime. Bye. Southside High head coach Todd Russ. Gotta love that guy. You know, gotta love Todd Russ. I appreciate him very much. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. UL men's basketball director of operations. Mike Murphy next on the game. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote, want to remind you if you would like to get a sneak peek preview of the Whitney Houston biographical movie, I Want to Dance with Somebody, you simply need to text Whitney to 68683. Text Whitney to 68683. You might win a pair of tickets to get a sneak peek preview on December the 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. I Want to Dance with Someone sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian Jewelers and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, we have with us UL Men's Basketball Director of Ops, Coach Mike Murphy. How are you, sir? I'm good, Kevin. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, it's kind of a strange day. We've had some reports of some bad weather, some maybe tornadic activity and parishes that are, are coming this way, so hopefully everyone can stay safe there. Amen to that. All right, speaking of not being safe and weather messing with people's lives, you know, y'all are going to play McNeese tomorrow in Lake Charles. And it wasn't that long ago, you know, they were going through those awful storms. And I know they spent some time in Lafayette as a result of that. And I'm sure you, above all people, were kind of involved and behind the scenes and trying to help them where they were practicing here and things. And I'm sure, you know, there's some appreciation and some goodwill between these two programs right now. I would like to think so. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they went through that just awful storm, and it, 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 it took off the roof of their building, brand-new building, beautiful building. Um, we played in it the year before, and that was actually the end of our contract. And um, the next year, obviously, they had the storm. They were dislocated. They came over here for a while, and we were able to schedule a game with them. And because of that, we were able to re-up our contract so right now we're in the middle of a four-year deal. And, um, you know, it's, it's two programs that have a long history of playing each other in, in just about every sport you can think of. Uh, there's a rivalry there. Families know each other. You might have some split families, so to speak, yeah. that are, are Cowboys or Cajuns, that type of thing. They're an hour and 15 minutes down the road. So this game makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. 
Uh, we have a lot of respect for McNeese State, uh, their coaching staff, and their players. So, as far as um, this team, what uh, I know they've got, you know, coaching a little bit, still very much in transition, not just facility-wise and everything from the from the storm still, but in terms of coaches and personnel and transfers and all that. What, what have you seen from this club? Well, it's an interesting group. They're, they're going to play a, a variety of defenses. They're, they're going to mix things up quite a bit on defense. And um, offensively, you know, they'll try to push the ball like everybody else. They'll try to play in space. <clears throat> Excuse me. They will um, take advantage of, of what you give them, so to speak. They're an older group. They have experienced guys. They have quite a few transfers. And um, the changing defense is always something that we've really got to be prepared for because that's – that's unusual. We don't, we don't see that a lot. Just like Sanford was a little unusual last Saturday in, in playing a team that pressed the entire game regardless of the score, McNeese is a little different in, in how often they change defenses. And it could be literally, you know, your first five possessions, you see four different defenses. So you've got to be prepared for that, which I think we will be. We, we have, we, we're going to have a great game plan. We started working on this yesterday. And um, it's something, though, that you've got to be aware of and you've got to be able to take advantage of situations and matchups because of that changing defense. A lot of times when you do this a lot, you may get yourself out of position or you may have a hard time covering all screens depending on who you're trying to take, like a box in one, a triangle in two, something like that. So we've got to take advantage of that and be very efficient with what we do offensively and not just take the first shot, but take the best shot. And I thought we did a really good job against Sanford in doing that against their press. And I think we'll do the same thing against McNeese State. But we've got to be cognizant of, of the changing defenses literally just about every time down the floor. I uh, Obviously, y'all did a fantastic job of beating the press consistently. And we've talked a lot about how point guard's been a lot more stable in, in, in all this year. But I think, we, as we mentioned last week, it, it, it goes beyond that. Y'all have guys who aren't necessarily point guards or even guards that are able to handle the ball. And I'm sure all of that played into how successful y'all were consistently beating that pressure. Well, there's no question. We had a great game plan. Preparation was, was excellent. I think Coach and the staff have done a really good job of not being transactional with the season. You know, we're, we're on a bit of a run here. We're 9-1. and one. And, and when you do that, you can tend to live in the moment. And when you do that, you become transactional. So regardless of how the game played out, as long as you win, everything's okay. And I think Coach and the staff have done a really good job of not letting that happen, of always trying to come Back from a game the next morning, watching video, where can we get better? What can we do to benefit us? And let's take that to the practice court. That benefited us uh, against Sanford. And not only did we not beat the press, we never turned it over against the press. But when we got the ball across half court, we played with a great deal of discipline. We just didn't take the first shot. And that's what Sanford wanted you to do. They wanted you to take the first quick shot so they could get down to the other end and increase the number of offensive possessions in the game. We did not allow that to happen. We played with a great deal of discipline. Once again, a byproduct of preparation, and that preparation meeting execution in the game. And I thought our guys showed a great deal of discipline. We took advantage of things when we had them, but we weren't going to play into their hands by taking quick shots, especially quick long shots that, that lead to run-out baskets. And then defensively, we didn't put them at the free-throw line. They were averaging something like 20 free-throws per game made, and we just didn't do that. I thought we walled up. We didn't commit fouls on guys driving to the basket a lot. 
We took away their perimeter game, and we were willing to give up twos in place of threes, and that served us very well. Once again, a byproduct of the scouting plan, the preparation, meeting, execution in the game. That same thing has to happen tomorrow because this is a big game for both teams. And, and going back to that transactional thing, Coach has been preaching ever since we started playing the most important game of the season is the next game on the schedule. And, and that's the way we've approached things. And because of that, we've stayed away from being transactional and living in the moment and trying to get better every day. And that's something we have to have going into Thursday because McNeese will be ready to play. We will too, and we're going to have to make plays on the road, which can be challenging. All right, you mentioned free throws, and again, we're speaking with UL uh, Men's Basketball Director of Operations, Mike Murphy. I'm a big free throw shooting guy. I like making free throws, and I like making field goals. I mean, to me, those should be the easy points part of these two sports, and way too many teams and kickers and players make it too difficult. Um Jordan Brown is off to a fabulous start. He had a career 37 points mon- Monday. And I'm not so much worried about him missing free throws now, but come March, obviously that's going to be very important when you're the leading scorer and the focal member of the offense. He seems to have re- – he's a great shooter inside. He can use his right hand as his left hand. Uh, is it just confidence sometimes? Is it just routine? Just guys go through slumps? Well, what do you think about that? Well, a little bit of everything, but the most important thing is when do you miss those free throws? Because the free throws you miss or make in the first five minutes of the game have a whole lot different meaning in the last five minutes of the game. Because as you get to the end of the game, you're running out of time. You're running out of opportunities to make up for that missed free throw. All right, Look at the New Orleans game. They had a kid go to the free throw line that was 14 for 15 on the year, misses two free throws. Jalen Dalcourt comes down after turning the ball over on a basket cut where he was wide open for a layup, he gets fouled, he makes both of his free throws. So it depends on the time and score, the situation, and when those shots are taken that can add a lot of pressure on that particular player. And how you handle that pressure, how you're able to process it, will allow you to have success in those type of situations. The thing that I like is uh, the other night, well, one of the smaller things that Coach Moreland mentioned it after, Thema's folks, look, there's certain guys, like if you're Isaiah uh, Richards, I mean, it's important to make free throws, but he's probably not going to be at the line a lot. But when you're the leading scorer or point guard, you're probably going to spend some time at the free throw line and potentially in big moments. And Thema's hit his free throws the other night, and I've just been so impressed. We we talked to him in the postgame press conference, and, and he just has a maturity about him. I remember when I interviewed him on the phone, he was in North Carolina when y'all, after signing him, and he just has a maturity about him that I think you can see the evidence of with the team and how he handles himself on the court. I think you're right. He's a third-year player, and, um, you know, he had his first double-double of his career here at the UL against Louisiana Christian. And, and both he and Mike give us a lot of, a lot of depth at that position. And, and Themis hadn't been great from the free throw line, but Monday night, he was. And, and that's, once again, you don't want to be transactional. The most important game is the game you're playing right now. And he was against Louisiana College. He needs, that, he needs to carry that on into Thursday because, as you said, when you handle the ball, all right, you're going to get fouled. And, and you've got to be able to take responsibility for that and accept that challenge and be accountable for that. And I thought he was on Monday. And I thought as a group, we did a pretty good job. Going back to the Samford game, I think they were like 8 for 12 or something like that from the free throw line. 
and and uh, we did a great job defensively. Conversely, on the other hand, when you get fouled, you've got to make sure that your process is in place and your can your, your your confidence is in place. And this is something else I think coach does a really good job of. Every day in practice, we work on free throws in different types of situations, and and I think that carries over to the court. Now, once again, at the end of the day, the players got to be the one that executes the game plan, executes the shot, the free throw, whatever. But in practice, we're doing things that that allow our guys to have success in particular situations, and they're taking advantage of that. But once again, when they happen at the end of the game, it's a whole lot different type of pressure than when it happens at the beginning of the game. And that's where you see a lot of guys fail at the end because of mental fatigue and physical fatigue. Absolutely. All right, sir, we appreciate your time as always. Hope to get a chance to see you uh, at the game tomorrow, and good luck to y'all. Great, thank you. Go Cajuns. All right. Coach Mike Murphy will take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you of Christmas come early sweepstakes. If you would like to win a $500 Visa gift card, you simply need to be part join the Game Rewards Club, which we tell you all the time about on 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. That puts you in position and eligible. That's all you have to do. It's that easy to be eligible to win a $500 Visa gift card. The Christmas come early sweepstakes powered by Armitar Jewelers and the game 1037 Lavia 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We were just speaking with Coach Murphy about free throws. Very little aggravates me more when I'm rooting for a team than when they miss free throws and they miss field goals. I hate missing field goals. So what happens last night? We've been talking about, oh, Anthony Davis, he's an MVP candidate. And he is having a tremendous last month of the season, and I appreciate him doing that. They're playing the stupid Celtics last night. I've hated the Celtics since I was five years old. I mean, I, I don't know. Some things in life come to you early. I knew at five years old you're supposed to hate the Celtics. How can anyone root for these people? But anyway, um, he's at the line. They're up to, I don't know how much time was left, less than a minute left. And he's got two free throws. He's supposedly, if he stays healthy, an MVP candidate. He's got two free throws. He clangs both of them. He clangs both of them. He goes 0 for 2 with a chance to put the game, not a, pretty much put it away. I mean, they go down, they hit a little jumper on the baseline, tie the game. The Lakers get a chance to win it. They don't, they get beat in overtime. Got to make free throws, Cat. And that goes to what um, Coach Murphy was just talking about at the end of the game. Sometimes you get fatigued. I get it. Got to make free throws. Free throws and field goals. You got to get to the point where those are the easy way to score points. And I understand free throws are not as easy to make. I don't expect them to make them at the level that you make field goals. But when you're indoors, you got to make field goals. You just have to. You just have to. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear the, I don't want to, you got to make free field goals. Now, if you're outdoors and the wind is whipping, that's a different story. 
We're not playing basketball outside, though. We don't have to worry about the wind. Make free throws. Cat goes 0 for 2 and loses to the stupid Celtics. Sickening. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. If you would like to get in on the game hotline, now is the time to do it. 706-0111. About 45 minutes ago, our friend Craig from New Iberia, and did I see it correct? Today was his birthday. Happy birthday, Craig. Um, brought up an idea, and I've, I've since been rebuked. People are rebuking me via text about my response to Craig's suggestion of the suggestion that Tom Brady, Tom Pleasure Cruz Brady, come to the Saints next year. I, again, I, I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm not saying it's even my idea. I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me. And the reason why it wouldn't shock me is, one, there have been rumors about this supposed Tom Brady, Sean Payton, you know, supposedly they were associated with going to Miami together. So this isn't a new concept. Um, Casper the Quitter, if San Diego job doesn't come open and he's not comfortable with the Arizona Cardinals situation, his, his options that seem to fit him would dwindle. I don't know what other options would be open. The Saints theoretically could fire Dennis Allen. They could reach an agreement if Casper DeQuitta comes back where he just goes back to being the defensive coordinator and Casper comes back. Again, all of that is possible. Plus, the Saints defense owns Tom Brady. And this is a pleasure cruise cat. He wants to eliminate. Why, why would he? He doesn't want to play against the Saints defense anymore. They make his life difficult. He wants his life to be easier. He's always had an easier situation. So it makes sense that way, too. Again, not saying I'm for it. Not saying um, um, I didn't come up with the idea. I would never even, you know, verbalize that initially. But since other people are saying it and the man asked me, it would not shock me. Would I put a lot of money on it happening? No. I don't think it's going to happen. But would it shock me if it happened? Not even close to shock it. All of those, there, there are reasons to believe that could happen. Doesn't sound that far-fetched at all. I, I Again, my mind is too muddled, like I told Craig, to even go down very far down that road. I I can't even think about that right now. Really, I, I, I can't. I just hope they play well Sunday and beat the Falcons. I just like to win. Let's go back to... The game hotline. Hello. Well, I tell you, a lot of 
crazy things that have been said and transpired since last night. From last night and that stupid Laker game until now. The junk I'm hearing. I, I, I can't believe you even condone that type of stuff. What, missing I mean, free I mean, throws? I, I, I hate I mean, missing free on throws. Now. Come I on hate now. it. Come on now. Come on. Come I hate on. missing free now, throws. Who, whoever, whoever would want that guy as a saint, they're sick and they lose all credibility as a Saints fan. I don't care what you say. Y'all can talk about me being an ex 49 fan, all y'all want, and all these other junk y'all say about me and stuff like that. But if you want that guy as a Saint fan and stuff, you lose all credibility. You're sad and you're sick, for real. You're sad and you're well, sick. I mean, you should even entertain that. You should even entertain that. I don't know if I can go. I don't know if I could go that way, Ronnie, because the reason why I say that is he played most of his career with the. Has he cheated the Saints? Yeah. Hear, no, he played most of his of career in New England. I don't. Lame excuses. I don't, don't want to hear that. I don't. And anyway, what you want a guy that old for? Anyway, what are you gonna do for us? I. I huh? What are you gonna do I, for us? I didn't us? say I wanted him. Say I wanted him. I'm saying yeah, it's, but you it's sure not like you wasn't mine. It's you not sure on the like criminal. Somebody that's supposed to hate this guy and everything else, but now all of a sudden now it wouldn't be a bad idea if what Sean Payton would come back. To I didn't with say him? it wouldn't be a really? bad idea. I said I would believe if it happened, I would not be shocked. Yeah, I, that's what it's I'm saying. Not but a, you would like that though. Uh, Don't lie. Come on. If Sean uh, Payton would come back and he bring him with not him, really. really? No, I wouldn't say I like it. No, I. I of course, my plan is they don't even listen people, to. Man. I wanted to see what Jameis was going to do. Hey, I, I, I tell you what, man. Like I said, if that happened, and people like Paul that love that stuff, that he's crying about getting Tom Brady now. If that happened, dude, and you go for that, I don't think it's you sick, you sick, and you don't deserve no credibility as a Saints fan. You're less than a man. That's all I got to say. Have a good one. Okay. Okay. Look, look I remember in the 80s, in the 80s and 90s, people used to ask me all the time. You you say you hate the cheaters, but if Bill Walsh and Joe Montana or Jerry Rice came to your team, you would like him. And I said, no. I said, I don't know what I would do, but I'd rather lose than have those people on my team. And I believe it then, and I believe it today. This is not that. Like, for, for Ronnie, it's that because he hates the Patriots. I don't hate the Patriots like the cheaters. Like, do I like Tom Brady? No. Do I like the way people spin his career? No. Do I like the way they analyze career? It drives me bonkers. But I've never hated Tom Brady anything like I hated, you know, Aaron Rodgers or the, or the cheaters. Now, Tom Brady... Just like Aaron Rodgers, they're both 49er lovers. That's what they are. They grew up being 49er lovers. Sickening. But this is not, from a Saints fan perspective, this is not Joe Montana coming to New Orleans 30 years ago. I would have, that would have just, uh, that would have crushed me. Like, I, I, I don't even, don't, I don't even want, I literally, I said it then and I believe it now. I'd rather lose than win with those people. Brady's not, that's not an apples to apples comparison. He, he's never done that. I mean, now, he cheated the Saints a few times when he was in New England. No question, they cheated uh, to win at least two games. But they also crushed him once. And since he's been in Tampa, 
they cheated once or twice, but mostly the Saints have either committed suicide or crushed his face. It's not the same. Not the same. All right. Um, again, I, I just, it's not the same. Now, again, I don't, I don't need, what, what would that even mean? Like as, as terms of the Saints organization, I, again, I, I haven't even thought about that. I, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out why in the world they signed Jameis and never gave him a chance to be the future quarterback. Like I'm still, I still can't believe Jameis is not starting right now for the Saints. So I can't even, I haven't gotten past that yet. So I can't even go down that road. I I just, but again, I didn't bring it up. The man, the man um, asked me a question, so I answered it. But no, not the same as 16 or 80 or Bill Walsh. Coming to New Orleans, not the same. No. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. <laughs> oh, morning, foot, foot. Good morning. But <laughs> look, I'm glad you brought this topic up. Everything you touched down on, I've been saying, and I agree to it, of everything you said. I've been debating this all morning with a bunch of people, even Ronnie. Ronnie looked like he's going to explode or catch a heart attack anytime <laughs> soon. If that do happen... <laughs> I wonder what that man is going to do. I don't think we ever hear from him again. We, I don't know what's going to happen, but some, I don't know. We're going to have to um, really check on him and have somebody follow him. But he needs to go reason, make Anthony Davis make possible. some free throws, but go ahead. Because remember Drew Brees last year, well, the year before that, Brees was supposed to retire. Whether we, the, no, put it this way. The year that um, Brady went to Tampa, Brees was supposed to retire that year, but and he was – and Brady was supposed to come to the Saints. Breeze decided not to retire. Brady went to the Bucks. He'd been trying to connect with Brady, same as in Miami. And like I've been saying, he wants Dallas Chargers, what he's looking for, knowing Sean Payton, you got to look through his eyes what kind of person he is. He's just not going to a sorry team. He's going to go to where they got pieces at. He's about winning. He wants a quarterback. He likes veteran quarterbacks. So if the Chargers make the playoffs, Dallas doing it, these people are not going to fire their coach. It's like he backs him in the corner to come back home. And we have pieces. All we're missing is a coach and a quarterback. Hey, Brady, the system we run is the same system Brady runs. Everything works out. I also like to look at it. We know the league hates the Saints, but they love Brady. So the league have to choose. If that would happen, we can stay hating the Saints and cut Brady off, or we going to we hate the Saints, but we're going to cut our nose to the spite to love Brady, so we got to take care of the Saints. I'm a, if they stay with Brady, it's a win for the Saints fans and the organization. I'm willing to gamble that. And it's not the same as, like you said, having sorry Jerry Rice come over to the, no, to the Saints. It's not the same. No, not no the it's same. not the same. And I wouldn't want no Jerry Rice, and he's not the GOAT. Ronnie got to stop that, too. So I just want to put that out there, foot. I'm about to soon finish debating Rockefeller because he's about to have a heart attack. Okay. Have a good one. Oh. <laughs> again, I I get Ronnie's animosity. I, I get it. But it's not the same. It's not the same as Roger Clemens playing for the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's despicable junk. That's despicable. 
Johnny Damon and Mike Stanley and all these people. You can't play. The, all those people should be ashamed of themselves. Alex Rodriguez. You can't play, not Alex Rodriguez, but you can't play for the Yankees and the Red Sox. That is awful junk. That's despicable. This is, I don't know. I mean, it might make you throw up a few times, but it's not despicable. It, 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 it's, it's nauseating to think about, but it's it's not, he's really not the Saints' enemy. Not most of his career. I mean, he played in the other conference. So, I don't know. It's just different. I know some people don't like when I say that it's different. It, that, that is not an apples-to-apples comparison. It's just not. I don't think it's going to happen, but I can see the logic of how it might is all I'm saying. And right now, again, I can't even fathom that. I, I just, I can't even, I, why is Andy Dalton starting? I mean, I mean, they, they made an announcement that Andy Dalton's starting Sunday's game. Everybody knew that, but I still can't figure out why. Like, what are, what are they doing? Is Andy Dalton really going to be the opening day quarterback for the Saints next year? That's what they're kind of like looking at. I I I I just I don't get it. I I I don't get where they're going. And again, that's another reason to think that anything's almost anything's possible. They 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 don't have a plan. You can't have Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback and say you have a plan. That that's not a plan. Uh you know. It's insanity. It's what it is. It's insanity. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Shift gears. John Craig Arsenault, Church Point head football coach, or was for the last 16 years, created a stir yesterday with his announcement, and we'll talk to him next on the game. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh. Speaking of Elvis and Christmas songs, you can listen to all your Christmas classics or local Christmas Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live on LACHristmasChannel.com or download the free BOMO app on both your Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. Holiday music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. All right, we have with us, I guess I have to say, former Church Point head football coach, John Craig Arsenault. How are you, sir? Morning, Kev. I'm doing great. How are you? Well, yesterday, I'm sure you've been thinking about this for a while and didn't really know how it was going to kind of play out, but what? how did yesterday play out? Ah, well, I can tell you I found out the the power of social media yesterday. Absolutely. Because within three minutes of hitting send to send out that release to the media, I was getting texts from coaches out of state congratulating me, saying I saw it on Twitter, I saw it online. 
I had my coaches were looking at me like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> it's, it, 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 it is, it, like you say, it's a different world now. No, no, no question. So, um, I'm sure the reaction, I guess, you know, everybody's human. You kind of feel good when people appreciate what you've done. And I'm sure you got a lot of those sentiments. No, no doubt, Kev. I mean, and listen, I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a man of faith and, you know, I, I prayed about it and it, it, it was just time. It was time for me to step away. It, it was a good time for, to make the transition. I, I wanted to get it out there early so the transition can happen as quickly as it, it can, you know, for the coaches, for the community, and most importantly for the kids at Church Point High School so they can get the next head coach in and they can have an offseason with them in a summer and a spring. And, you know, so they'll be ready to go to try to keep the tradition of winning football at Church Point going come August. So, you know, I, I've often thought there were there are certain people in, in certain unique situations where you can keep coaching and not have all the other stuff, the AD duties and the teaching duties and all that. Is is that something not – is that – like what? how would that fit into your deal? Or was it I just need to get away from all the time that football takes mentally uh, obsessing about it and all the practices and all the preparation and all the phone calls and – um, how, how did how did all that fit into your situation? Well, well, Ken. I mean, we all know Church Point's a small community. It's it's a small community based school, and and being the head football coach and athletic director at a small school like that, I mean, you wear a lot of hats. You 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 take on a lot of responsibility, and um, you know it's definitely a full time job because you know you're, you're sharing kids to play other sports, but. You know, because you're the figurehead, those parents with those other sports are still reaching out to you for help with certain things. And, you know, it's it's getting to school at 6.30 in the morning and cutting grass before the school day starts so your game feel is going to look right during football season. And, you know, it's, it's being at home basketball games. It's managing budget, budgets. It's, uh, you know, Acadia Parish has been very helpful in giving us athletic buses, but you got to maintain those athletic buses and, schedule field trips and, and and mentor kids and be there to put out fires with kids and teachers. And it, it, it's just a lot. And, you know, it's I've done it for 16 years. I've been at Church Point for 23 years. I love that school. I love the community. I love the people I work with. But I also love my family. And, you know, I've, I've kind of realized that I've cut them short over the years. When you – became the head coach obviously you have no idea what's about to happen y'all had y'all y'all were too you know y'all had had some success in terms of making the playoffs a few years before then but had not made any deep runs like do you remember 16 years ago when you took over like what were your goals or you know aspirations for the program then and 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 I gotta believe you if you didn't exceed them you came close well, our, our initial goal was to just make Church Point a contender to make to make us relevant in when it came to playoff time. And you know, the, my first year we went three and seven, and you know, I was disappointed that, that as the season wore on, and you know, I realized that I still had a lot to learn, even though I had been coaching. I was a first-time head coach, and there's just way more responsibility in being a head coach than being an assistant coach. You know, you just you carry a lot of weight, and 
So, you know, I realized that I needed to make some changes in the direction of the program. The first call I made, of course, was to Louie Cook, and, and Louie and I sat down and visited. And uh, next call was to Boo Schechtsnyder, who who we all know is coach track at UL, LSU's member of the U.S. track and field coaches uh, team, and, you know, got him to school. And how, how could we change our offseason and, and to, to make our kids – faster and stronger because the MO of Church Point is we just never have a bunch of big kids. We have a bunch of little kids. So, you know, it was how do we make them the best that they can be? If that kid is a, a four on a talent level, what can we do to help that kid to try to be a five, not let them be a two? And that that focus is where we started is how we approach the off season and into the summer. And that was the biggest change in trying to get Church Point to just be a contender you know, and, and we just knew if we would just teach kids to work hard and just give great effort. Now, our thing for the last 16 years is before we would walk out on Friday night, I would ask the kids to just give greater effort than their opponent, and we'll see what happens at the end of the game, at the end of those 48 minutes. And that was our approach, and, and the kids bought in, and it, we just slowly started gaining momentum as we got kids into the off-season program and they were in there for multiple years and we started getting kids who were in the sixth, seventh grade who would want to show up in the summertime and lift weights with us. And, and it just kind of started to snowball and grow. And, you know, as the kids gained more confidence, the, the, the program continued to grow. And, you know, hopefully it, it's in a better spot today than it was 16 years ago, you know, and, and hopefully we made Church Point relevant. Of course, you know, the goal was always to win a state championship, and we came close. But my personal goal was to make sure that I made kids winners in life because when I come face-to-face -face with the good Lord, we're not going to talk about wins and losses. He's going to talk to me about all these young men he sent and did I make a difference in their life. Absolutely. And so that leads into the, my next question. Um, how worried are you about the future of the coaching profession, not just football coaches, but other coaches in other sports in the state of Louisiana, the way it is right now, especially for public schools, but private schools as well, you know, 10 and 15 years from now? How worried are you about that? Well, well, Kevin, and listen, by no means am I bashing coaches or anything, but as, as the coaching profession continues to get younger and younger, we, we have too many guys who I call – I call them minimalists because they want to do the minimum amount of work but expect the maximum amount of benefit. And it just in coaching, it doesn't work that way. If you don't put in the time with the kids in developing relationships and developing them as athletes, as getting them to buy into your program, then you just you can't be successful. And so if coaches – don't continue to coach the old school style and understand it just takes a lot of time. If you want to be successful, if, if, if it doesn't get back to that, then it, it's going to just continue on a downward trend. Yeah, it, 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 it is a, a little scary. So what do you think, like, what, what are you, what are your plans? Are you finishing out the, the, the school year? Like as a coach, I mean, a teacher, or are you, or how's that working? No, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I still have my, my responsibilities at school. Uh, I'm the head girls track coach, so we still got we got track season coming up. You know, so I, I just wanted to get it out again early, Kev, so, so it would be the best transition for the kids 
in the football program at Church Point High School. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm not looking to to coach anymore after this year. You know, my my buddies at, at uh, Drive Right are gonna let me start teaching some drivers ed. So I'll be I'll be teaching drivers ed in the afternoon. So you know, I, I'm just I just need to get away from the uh, coaching profession. What do you think? those first few Friday nights are going to be like in September next year? For you. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be standing on the track watching the games. I still got three girls that got to go through Church Point High School. I got one that'll be a senior next year, one that'll be a junior, and they're cheerleaders. So, you know, like I told the kids uh, yesterday, the only thing different is I'll be there. I just won't be yelling and fussing at you. I'll just be there and supporting you. So I'll still be there. I'm going to miss the Friday night portion of coaching high school football, but that's, that's about it. I, I'll, you know, I'll miss the Friday night, the, the, the structure of the game, the competitiveness of the game, the calling plays, trying to set things up and trying to adjust. But the, the Monday through the, the Monday through Thursday stuff will not be missed at all. I'm sure your wife is greatly relieved, but I, I don't know that your, your principal, Leroy Bearlard is a, uh, very, uh, into his school and, and athletics, and he's a former coach. Uh, when you first presented this to him, um, uh, how was that look on his face? Yeah, he looked at me straight in the eyes. He said, thank you for everything you've done. I guess we need to find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, there is, there is no principal in the state of Louisiana who loves their school and cares more about their school athletic program than Lee Bellard. Lee is at every athletic event, whether it's home or away. Lee Bellard loves Church Point High School like no other principal in the state of Louisiana. And um, and it's you know it's going to be interesting to see how how, how it goes forward. I, I mentioned um, you know the, your coaching staff. You've got some guys that have been with you for a while. Coach Poo hasn't been there that long, but he's done a good job as a defensive coordinator. Um, is it important for you that they promote from within, or, or, or how, how much of a priority in your mind should that be? Well, I, I'm not going to get in their way of hiring who they want to hire, but I know that we have a coach on staff that's going to make the transition very easy. He's going to do a phenomenal job because he's a phenomenal person. He's a phenomenal coach, and he uh, he has great relationships with the kids, and and the reason I was able to get him to Church Point High School because our philosophy is very very similar when it comes to how to approach kids, how to approach football, and how to use football to teach the kids the game of life. So, um, you know, if asked, I'll get involved in that situation, but I know there's a guy right there on staff who can get it done. The history of Church Point High School has always been, they've always promoted from within when uh, Coach Barnhill tragically drowned in a fishing accident in 1969. Red Smith was on his coaching staff. They promoted him to be the head football coach when Red decided to get out of coaching. Mike Richard was on his coaching staff. They promoted Mike when Mike decided to get out. Mark Millett was on his coaching staff, so Mark got promoted when Mark's son was tragically killed in, in an automobile accident, and he decided to leave Church Point High School. Scott Spire was on his staff. And when uh, Scott decided to leave to take a job at OC, I was on his staff, and I was the only applicant for the job 16 years ago. And so that's kind of been the history and the trend of how things go at Church Point. So 
you know, I'm, I'm biased. Again, there's a guy I love, and, and I really think he, he could do a great job if it's presented to him. And, you know, we've talked about it. I think he's going to apply for the position, and uh, he can keep the tradition of Church Point football headed in the right direction. All righty, sir. Well, look, I always appreciate your co- cooperation, uh, and, and we've had many discussions over the years about sports and, you know, splits and high school and all that, and I always appreciate uh, your cooperation. Thank you very much, and good luck to you, and uh, enjoy your family. Absolutely, Kev. My wife said the biggest part of me leaving Church Point that you're going to miss is stopping on your way back to Lafayette to get something oh, to eat on Friday I, night. I, I definitely will miss that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kev. Thank you. All righty. Appreciate Coach Arsenault coming on. I can I, I can only imagine the – you know, the the, the load, I, I was thinking about it, the load that was lifted off his shoulders when he made that announcement or really even made the decision and the season was over. So good luck to him. Hope things work out well. And obviously the coach he's talking about is Coach Poole. He's a former Lafayette High head football coach, and he's been the defensive coordinator, for those of you who may not know, at Church Point for the last few years. And so um, I would be a little surprised if he, they don't give him the job, but we'll see. We'll let the – process run its course and see what happens we'll take a time out come back with more your women's basketball coach gary broadhead on the other side on the game southwest louisiana sports station your home for the lsu tigers and the world champion houston astros are you fluent in footlish not to worry we're here to help with the footlish dictionary medicine season medicine season now A season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents, also known as paying the piper. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. We have with us. Well, before we get to our special guest, UL women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead, let me remind you, uh, France and Morocco are playing today in the World Cup, and the winner will be playing Argentina. You can hear that. You can watch that thrilling action at 1 p.m. Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette, free over the air at KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19 for Lake Charles uh, listeners. World Cup, can you can watch it on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air on Channel 19.2 or Sudden Lake Channel 132. We're getting down to the end. Uh, semifinals and finals, so if you want to catch a World Cup, Delta Media's got you covered. All right, let's go to... Uh, the phone lines, and get with UL women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Kev. How about you? Well, well, I'm about to go outside and see if the weather's as bad as I keep hearing. A lot of weather, bad weather coming our way, and hopefully everyone it, it can be safe. Oh, no doubt. I, I was out there a while ago. Now I'm in the gym, so I'm safe. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on out there either, but I think we might be all right. 
All right, sir. So you played the game at Auburn, and now, you know, your mind, you, you're always in the back of your mind preparing for the start of conference play. But now you're looking at you got two games left, one Saturday at Lamar, one Monday at home against LSUA. Then you got a week and a half off for Christmas and such, and and then and then you go right into conference. So kind of in your mind, kind of where are y'all and how ready are y'all for these next two weeks of kind of some games and and preparing? Well, I tell you what, you know, we had Sherry uh, Porter missing on Saturday and she's still missing, you know, she's got a family issue. uh, And so we, you know, that kind of hurt us in Auburn, but, uh, you know, we working, you know, it's like, man, we practice it in the morning and get some shots in the afternoon and just trying to Trying to get ready for, uh, you know, actually, like you're saying, for the conference, you know, Lamar will play him Saturday, and then we got LSUA coming in on Monday to kind of tune us up again, and then we get that six days off, and then we come back to practice on the 26th. So, yeah, we're still preparing. You know, where are we health-wise? We got people in and out, you know, and trying to get all that stuff straight. And I think we're probably going to be, hopefully, going into conference probably the healthiest we've been. So, hopefully, we'll have all the numbers. You know, if we don't have all this flu stuff that catches us we've we've been pretty good so far so you know hopefully we can kind of maintain our health and, and get there and it's going to be important you know and we're kind of lucky we had home so we got to like you always say you know got to take care of them home games so we're just trying to continue to prepare you know it's a it's a it's that process of trying to have some young ones kind of play a little bit more and uh i think we got some of the most of the lineups uh kind of fixed out fixed, figured out we're just kind of hoping to maybe expand it a little bit you know in the past, we've played seven, you know, seven or eight. Now we look like we that's what we had again, you know, trying to get seven or eight in and rotate them in and out. From a UL standpoint, I don't have much of a frame of reference on the women's side going to Lamar and any memories, but, it, you know, you spent some time in McNeese, so I'm sure you've got um, – you're going to be pretty familiar in the Montaigne Center. What about Lamar? Well, I'll tell you what, they're guard-oriented. You know, they got Kane and they got Adams that can really score. One of them's averaging 15, the other one 13. So, you know, they're 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 similar to us, you know. Uh, Aqua Franklin's been there for the last three years. And, you know, she's playing a little bit of small ball. They're not very big, but they're, you know, very athletic. And they dribble drive. And, they, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult to guard. But I love going there. You know, I don't think, you know, in, in my career of coaching at McNeese or even here, we played there – probably three or four times since we've been here and we've never lost there. I love playing there. It's a great venue. And, you know, Lamar is always a really, really good squad. You know, when Larry Tidwell was there, I mean, he did really well. And I remember playing for the conference championship against him a couple of times. So, you know, they do, they do a good job. And I don't know, it's something about that place. I love going, you know, we're going to go day of, so we're just going to make it a day trip and, and hopefully we can play well like we normally do. I remember one year at McNeese we shot 18 for 20 from the three. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a venue that you really can shoot the ball pretty good. So I'm hoping it'll kind of give us some confidence. How, it, you know, we talk about confidence confidence all the time. I mean, there's rhythm and then there's you know playing enough. With the huge break or the week and a half break. Uh, where you know you, most of us are going to be distracted because of the everything going on around Christmas, um, are, 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 is it more about confidence or rhythm right now? I mean, I, I I would be a little concerned about that from a shooting standpoint. No, I think you're right. You know, I think it's about both. You know, to me, to to build your confidence, you got to kind of make some shots, and to make shots, you got to have rhythm. So it's a process. You know, you got to be able to do 
you know, you got to be able to work on it. It takes a lot of work, too, to become a shooter. And especially if you're trying to build confidence, I mean, that's a double, double-edged sword, you know. It's, you know, most shooters already have that. You know, I've seen shooters miss 10 shots, and they still think they're going to make the next one, you know. So that's just kind of part of it. But, yeah, rhythm is, is going to be extremely important. And, you know, taking those days off, even like finals, you know, I've always found on the women's side, when you go to finals and you come the first game out of finals, it's, you, you, you know, you're throwing the ball all over the place and, you know, you're trying to, you can't, it's tough to make shots. You're not defending like you're supposed to, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're mentally tired from all the, the final staying up all night studying and then hopefully like this week we were able to you know kind of practice them hard and kind of get all that out of them to be able to play these next two games how important and it seems to me from my point of view it's pretty important that Lene Wheaton look more like Lene Wheaton in these next two games going into conference yeah I mean she does you know um, we need to you know she's still struggling a little bit with the wrist and stuff like that and I think sometimes it's more of a mental thing for her, you know. It's like if she misses a shot, you know, she looks at her wrist. and You know, I don't know how much pain, you know, she says it's some pain, but it's usually just the contact. It's not so much when she, you know, when she, you know, takes the shot. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of something that we're working on. Actually, we're doing the MRI today on it to make sure there's nothing else that we can do for it. But, yeah, we need her, man. I mean, she's a – She's kind of like an instant offense for us, you know. She's gotten better defensively, so yeah, we definitely need her. And I don't think she'll be out. She just needs to be more effective in what she does, you know. And she's that kind of kid that that'll kind of hang her head when it's not going great, you know. And that's what we've been working on, trying to get her to play through those things. We're gonna to need to. And I always figure, you know, like you're gonna go through games where you're gonna struggle, and you know, how do you handle the adversity? And that's what we're really working hard with her. We. You know, if she's going to be one of our go-to players, she has to develop work through those things. You mentioned Sherry. Any idea when she, is she going to be playing Saturday, or could it take a little longer? No, I think she'll be out. You know, actually, the funeral is on Saturday, so she'll be out. And then in the meantime, she got sick on us and, and had some fever and all that. So we're still dealing with that today. Uh, besides, the, you know, the loss of a, a family member. So you know, it's kind of where we at right now with her. Uh, trying to give her some time to, to recover from all that stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, just uh, one of those things. And, and, you know, health-wise, I think when she gets through, she's got a little infection and stuff like that, you know, flu's kind of going around. So we can get through that. I mean, I don't even know if she'll play Monday, you know. I know definitely Saturday because of uh, the circumstances. She won't, be, she won't be traveling with us. Destiny, um, you know, she – She's such a huge part of what y'all do, and and you speak so highly of her. Do you feel like she's you, she's got enough rest and not been overused, and that she's going to be ready to turn it on when she needs to turn it on when conference play starts? I'm hoping so. You know, I think we de- we've done a good job of you know uh, a lot of games, just kind of trying to limit her time, especially toward the end of the game. You know, when it really we used to beat her up a lot and trying to you know, get the win or hold on to a win. We just kind of pulled her. Um, it shows that, you know, and then when Sherry's not there, it's a double it's a double whammy too because now, you know, who's going to be the next point guard, you know, and, and then, you know, we just don't have that, you know. And so, you know, when we get Sherry back and then I'll tell you what, yesterday in practice has probably been the best that I've seen uh, Rice look. You know, she was getting up and down. We did a little bit of running and stuff like that. And, man, she looked like, she kind of looked like her old self, so I'm hoping that that is kind of working. I think she's getting in better shape, and 
I think she feels like she's be, you know she's getting into it. Our strength and conditioning coach Nick is really doing a good job. He's pretty connected to her right now, and and really working hard to try to make it right, you know, for her and, and get everything done. So I mean, I I feel like we we're moving in the right direction. You know, we just got to continue to be smart these next two games. You get the conference, and you know that's a long eighteen games. You know, it's gonna and especially the travel and all that. So hopefully we can. We can get some wins with, you know, limiting her some of the play. And, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe midway through the mark, maybe she'll be playing more minutes, you know, and hopefully we can get her to last through the tournament. I mean, it's going to be key for us, there's no doubt. All righty, sir. Well, we appreciate it. Look forward uh, to this weekend and seeing what happens. Thank you for your time and good luck to y'all. All right, Kev. Thank you, man. Go Cajun. All right. UL women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead will take a timeout, finish out today's show and then go outside and see what the weather is looking like hopefully it's all good we'll take a time out and be back on the game uh, my wife and some of my kids are into the chipmunks i've never quite quite gotten totally really into the chipmunks but it is part of the christmas thing, spectrum there so Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. It ended up being a heavy interview day. All of that, you know, some of that was kind of more on the timely side. So we just did it. We'll have we'll have some interviews tomorrow, not quite as many. And so maybe um, we can debate other subjects. It might be best. Sound like our friend Rockefeller was about to lose his mind. He might have already done it, so I'm hoping he can calm down. I don't know that he can do much fishing today because it sounds like the weather's not going to be too good. And so he might have to, I don't know, find a a different method to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, The man was fired up. I mean, he's he's struggling. I get it. I get the passion. Love the passion. But the man, he's just... I get it. I don't totally agree with him on that subject, but I get it. What he needs to be is mad that Anthony Davis can't make free throws, lost to the stupid Celtics. Make free throws. And I know I know, AD's been doing a lot, and there's a lot on his plate, but it, it's... It's hard to win close games down the stretch if your best player doesn't make free throws. And every time I watch Jordan Brown miss free throws, I'm like, you know, most of the time or 90-something percent of the time, it it has nothing to do with winning or losing the game in that moment. But I keep saying over and over again, he better make them in March. Better make them in March. If you're a... If you're if you're a point guard or or a leading scorer, primary, uh, where you handle the ball a lot, not so much in ball handling, but the ball goes to you a lot, runs through you a lot, you're gonna get fouled and at time, and you and you're gonna be at the line in big situations. So it's gonna be um, if they're gonna if the Cajuns are gonna do what they're hoping to do. It would be very surprising to me if at some point it doesn't go down to whether Jordan can make free throws or not in the last minute or two of a game. So we will um, 
We'll see how that plays out. So it's been, it was kind of a crazy day yesterday with the high school coaching resonations. And now, you know, right around then you, you get the news that there's no school today in this, in, in this parish anyway, and probably in other parishes as well. I didn't totally get a report card on all that, but, and then, you know, you've got some really bad weather in North Louisiana and, and, and some in central Louisiana heading this way. And so hopefully things go well for the rest of the day around here, but it's just been kind of a strange couple days. Hopefully tomorrow will feel a little more normal. If the, if that's a, if that's a thing these days, hopefully it'll be a little more normal. We'll see how that plays out and it, it'll be a game day. We talked about it with coach Murphy earlier. Uh, the Cajuns will be going to McNeese tomorrow and, and, and playing in Lake Charles. And so we'll see how, how, how that plays out. Um, and there's really, I mean, there's other baseball news that's going to be happening, but now that Carlos Correa signed, the biggest of the really mega ones, where Carlos Rodon goes is the next big chip that, you know, to fall. And so we'll see how, how that plays out. All right. Appreciate all our special guests that came on and hang in there. Hopefully the weather's good. Talk to y'all tomorrow.